Diakonasa Cops Calling is sponsored by Luciano's Woodworking. Luciano's Woodworking is owned and operated by Carlos Luciano Jr., and he works with each of his customers to create hand-carved wooden plaques, signs, wall hangings, and more. Currently, he is working on a wall hanging for Diakonasa Cops Calling, and I am super excited to see it once it's completed. He's worked with me to meet the style, the colors, the print, and the frame I want for this project. You can see his talented work. Just check out Luciano's Woodworking on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you want a welcome sign for your home, a plaque to display challenge coins, a hand-carved piece of your favorite sports team, a personalized stovetop cover, retirement plaques for those in the military or in law enforcement, wall art for rooms in your house, or any other similar project, he can do it. Carlos is a full-time police officer, a husband, and a father, but he enjoys kicking up the dust with this side hobby. He's a busy guy, but you will not be disappointed as you patiently wait for him to complete your project. So check out Luciano's Woodworking right now on Facebook and Instagram. See his work, share his work, share him on social media, and then let him know what project you'd like him to start for you. This podcast is for grown-ups only. Some of the content may not be appropriate for little ears like mine. So we're trying to get this girl out, and we, we never get her out. Um, she dies, he dies. He killed two people uh, that he hit head on. Um, they looked like um, mummies. Do you remember when that lady we arrested for prostitution peed on you? Yes. Welcome to Diakonasa Cops Calling. I'm Anthony Weaver, and on this episode, we have part two with Detective Gary Lowe. Uh, But before I get into that episode, I wanted to let you know that next week, I will be addressing some questions submitted to me by my patrons. If you are a patron and would like to submit a question, you need to do it ASAP as soon as possible so that I can get it into next week's episode. Also, if you'd like to help me out and help the podcast out, please give me your honest five-star rating especially on Apple Podcast, giving me a good rating and or writing a review uh, on Apple Podcasts or, or really wherever you listen to your podcast really helps uh, more people to see and listen to uh, the podcast. All right, just like previous episodes with Gary and, and any officer that I have on who's active, uh, he was here on his own volition and he was not representing his department. Anything expressed was his own. Part two of my conversation with Gary is pretty special, and here's why. It is probably the realest conversation I've had on this podcast so far. Our conversation is candid. Uh, One of the goals of this podcast is to help people better understand the calling, what officers face, and how they handle the stress. Uh, You may feel that some of the content uh, in this episode is off-putting, as you hear some very dark humor, uh, some very explicit discussions on things he and I have seen and witnessed. Uh, My motives aren't to offend, uh, but to give a glimpse of a police officer's world. I thought about pulling some of what you hear out of this episode. Uh, Gary and I even talk about it during the episode, but it's just us talking and you get to hear it. So that being said, I did need to reiterate a bit more strongly that some of this content is not kid-friendly. After my conversation with him, I'll do the cue to dip segment. And I also have some brief thoughts about some of the things we talked about in that episode. So let's get into this right now. 
Oh, that's a good one. Oh boy. What is the most embarrassing thing you ever did on the job? I don't do embarrassing things, Anthony. Everyone does. I was uh, so many embarrassing. Uh, I was on bike, <laughs> going to like a four car vehicle accident. Then I was pretty far away from it. Um, and I don't know why I was, I'm sure I was hot dogging, like flying down a, a two, uh, a one lane road with like, so two lanes, but going South and, uh, traffic and stuff. And I'm buzzing in and out of traffic and, uh, my front tire of my bicycle hit oil. And I went head over. I mean, I just dumped. I arrived at the accident, like bleeding from my elbow and both of my hands, my pants and, or shorts. My shorts. I was wearing shorts. My knees were all scuffed. I literally look. I mean, it looked like I just wrecked my bike. And uh, everybody's like, looks at me like, what is wrong with you? And uh, I got. I can't. I, I wrecked my bike. I can't believe you actually still went to the accident. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't hurt. It was just, I was bleeding. Did you handle like, the accident? You're like bleeding all over your pen and stuff and notebook? I I probably made... So like we had a thing where like if you were riding bike, you could go and have fun. Like go make arrests, go do drug right. work. Um, try to like find the bad guy. Um, and the guy who was riding a car, so like the sectors. So there was like three guys generally in one specific area of the city. And... The two guys that run bikes could have fun. The third guy would answer all the, the calls, the burglary. And this is something that. you worked out with We just worked people. it out, yeah. We just So sometimes I was in a car and I would just handle everything. I would just run around, answer calls, and the other two would just find the bad guy. Just, that's what policing is. And uh, so so I think the guy who was supposed to, who was answering all the calls, he wound up taking it for me. But I, had, I went to the hospital. They made me go get checked out and... Do you need stitches or anything? No stitches. Just, I mean, it was just all abrasions. Oh, it's just all like. Yeah. So like out. I literally just wrecked my bike in front of all like traffic and like. What's the worst injury you've ever had on the job? Do you ever like break a bone or anything? Didn't you break, break a bone or something? No, dude. I got bones of steel. <laughs> I twisted my ankle during a uh, use of force training. <laughs> when one who you've interviewed, Ryan Hockley did some jujitsu stuff on me and dumped and twisted my ankle on a, on a mat. Like I, I got my foot stuck while he was doing some jujitsu. I don't know. Maybe you should have had those, uh, house slippers on that would have maybe helped <laughs> yeah, your probably, foot to slide. Yeah. And then you want to get caught instead of getting caught and twisted, but yeah, just a twisted, twisted ankle. That was the worst okay. thing. And I was like, I mean, I worked. I didn't take any time off, but like I was pretty careful. But when you're a de- when you're a detective, like if you have a twisted ankle, it's okay. I had knee surgery and I was back in in three days. Yeah, because like you can control because you're of, a machine. No, Gary. you can control your environment a little bit more. When you're a patrolman, you're out on the street running calls. You can't, you can't. I mean, yeah, you can't, you can't really. be expected to work with a bum knee. Yeah, a detective, you can kind of shield yourself. a you little can. bit. You can. There's guys that do. I I just I was just texting a guy the other day who had a, a bum knee cause he's really big into jujitsu and everything. Yeah. And, uh, he, I mean, he was out there working. I'm like, are you like to get surgery or something? Like no, no, I no. had surgery and no, then he didn't, I had a bum knee for like a year and a half. He probably should get surgery on his knees, but he like doesn't. You're, you're basically comparing me to this dude and saying that I'm weak and he's strong because yeah. he's working. I'm telling you, I am I had surgery. he bit. didn't have surgery. 
Like if he has surgery, he's not <laughs> no, going to go back to work. I'm saying for your right ankle. Now. Your ankle. You twisted your ankle and you still went to work and everything. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you like sat, at a, you sat at a desk because you're down. a detective. Yeah. I'm saying this guy has, I know. How much he, younger than he than I know he's he. had like injuries and he just goes out there and works. I'm. He's 25. You're getting, you're getting very. Defensive? Yeah. You're coming at me a little bit. <laughs> kind of hurts my feelings. Dude, this is nothing. Dude, the sickest I, I, this did make me think the sickest I ever was at work. You were bit by a dog. Okay. Like but your I arm already, got ripped off. I told Basically that ripped off. And I twisted an ankle. Like that's. Yeah, but I was. That's why you asked me that question because you knew I never got hurt. You just wanted. No, no, no. I thought you did. I thought you had broken your arm. But after I asked it, I, I know who I'm thinking of. Yeah. I'm thinking of someone else. What but were you I saying? thought you had broken, broken your arm. The or, sickest you were at work. No, it, this reminds. The sickest I ever was at work. I went to work. And uh, I had a sore throat. You could have worked with a sore throat, right? Yeah. I mean, now you can't. Hey, when are we going back into lockdown? Dude, When's lockdown coming? We got the, uh, is what, it the what fall? Is that, the Delta variant? No, Delta? Yeah. Is it Delta variant now? Is Echo going to be worse? Oh, Dude, I, I started reading about it today. Oh, I was boy. like, you've got to be kidding me. They're going to they're gonna lock us down again. You think? This is you ridiculous. think it's coming? I got to figure out what I'm going to do as a believer because I am not wearing a mask again. I refuse to wear a mask again. I I'm, I, I will assume my like risks. Ever. Uh, ever. Like, I can't do it. I, I will assume my risks. You don't care about others. Breathing. <laughs> yeah, I don't love. I don't love anybody. Um, anyways. So, no. I, okay, so you I had, had a sore, sore throat. throat. Sore throat. You go to work with a sore throat unless you're, you know, in COVID. Then you have to, like, stay in your house for 10 days and get COVID tests and everything else. So anyways, I go to work and I am sick as a dog. Like I, my throat, it's the sorest throat I've ever had. I'm like, I can't eat. I, I can't eat the whole shift. Really? It's that sore. It's okay. so sore. And, uh, and actually I forced one donut down. Someone brought donuts. Of course you ate a donut. Because <laughs> that's what cops do. We eat donuts. <laughs> so I forced a donut down. That's the only thing I eat the whole night, the, my whole shift. By the end of the night, I have a fever. Uh, because I'm shaking, like I'm literally like shaking. And I remember getting this call for like a suspicious activity. Um, this dude like out in front of a house or something like that. I go, this guy could have been wanted for homicide. And I was so sick. I did not care. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever got his right name. Uh, I think he was lying to me about his name. And I was so sick. I was just like, whatever, just go away from me. Like go somewhere else i don't remember how i finished handling the call i don't remember anything get in the car i go um right at the end of the shift go home make a doctor's appointment stay up i don't go to bed i go to the doctor and when the doctor looks at my throat he goes oh my <laughs> dude he almost sent me to the hospital he said my throat was almost swollen shut i i had strep throat that's it unbelievable was, he said it was all he made me drop trial right there in the office he gave me like three shots right in my butt right in my right butt cheek for a throat <laughs> problem Apparently, I, I was okay. at that time. You could have told me anything. I would have done anything. I was like, whatever, <laughs> just make me feel better. I was working night work um, as a detective and I was not feeling well. And I was at my pod and I'm like, man, I just don't feel good. And next thing you know, like the saliva started rolling oh, yeah, in yeah, my yeah. mouth. And I'm like, this is not good. That feeling. I'm definitely going to vomit. I, I hurl into a trash can, my trash can at my at my pod. And I'm, I'm, I'm going, uh, it's coming out, all right. of it. It's in a bag. I tie up the bag. I walk over to the supervisor. I go, 
He looks at me. He goes, dude, what is wrong with you? I go, I just threw up. He goes, get, he like yells at me. He's like, get out of here. He sends me home. I walk down to the garage where we park and I found a trash can and I threw, I threw it in the trash can. I drove home, <laughs> threw up on the way home. Oh. And then uh, it was terrible. But That's yeah. the worst. That's the worst. It's gross. Yeah. So gross. And now, you know, guys have a hangnail. Look, I can't come to work. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's know. It's a different world, man. Yeah. Different world. We need another question. Bring it. How many accents have you had on the job? Zero. How about you? There I've is had no way zero accidents. Zero accidents. Zero accidents. Yeah, I but am, how long have you been a detective? 10 years. I'm one of the greatest drivers there are out there. I had a guy tell me that one time and then he ran back. He literally told me, I'm the best driver on this department. At which 30 seconds later, he runs into the back of a parked vehicle. <laughs> That's the best. So does that like, are you superstitious? Like when you say things like that? Like, no, I, n- I never made that claim because I've had lots of accidents on the yeah. job. I, I, I actually am shocked you've never had an accident. Zero. Zero reported? Zero accidents. You ne- That's a crazy question to ask someone who's still working. <laughs> but no, I've had zero. Zero accidents. Zero. Wow. You didn't I, think that actually, was going to be your answer, did no, you? No, I did not. I'm actually... I've seen speechless. you drive, and I've been with you when you've driven, and I have no doubt that you've had more than three accidents. That's correct. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. You're a terrible driver. No, I'm a good driver. You're just aggressive. I drive it like it's, I stole it. Yeah. That's really what you got to do. That's what you got to do. No, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, I've, I've had way, way too many accidents. Mm-hmm. Way too many. So, worst smell you've ever countered on the job. This will be a good one. It's probably going to be a Another dead officer's breath. <laughs> Dude, you know it. After 12 hours, some of these dudes with stank breath. Dude, these dudes are, are nasty. Dude, this is awesome. Can you name the officer? No, there's no way I would do that. I like I've been in cars with dudes. And it doesn't have to be an hour into the shift. And there's some guys, like, you gotta brush your teeth. Or like you got teeth rot. Like something's gotta you gotta change it. So that's pretty nasty because it's like in your face and you're not expecting it. If right. you go to a death scene, like you expect some type of smell. So how do you do, do you offer gum? Did you have like a particular guy that this is a problem with that no. you'd be like, you I mean, there's, gum? there's been a few where I've been in the car and I'm just like, dude, like, yeah, I've offered gum before. Yeah. And I always tell people I work with, I'm like, look, if, if my breath is bad, like just say, hey, Gary, get some gum. Now, are you nice about it? Like, hey, you want some gum? Or were so you So like, I'll be nice and... Your breath could melt paint off a wall. Here's some gum for you. So here's what I do. If I'm with someone one-on-one, I'm chill. If I have a crowd around me, <laughs> oh, I'm making, oh, man, I'm making a big deal about it. Because it's hilarious then. Because then everybody laughs and it's super funny. But like, if it's just me and you, like in a car, I'd be like, yo, Anthony, just let's get some gum. Or here, here's a piece of gum. <laughs> let's get some gum. Yeah. Let me go buy you some gum. Yeah, it's no big deal. But like, if it's a crowd... Uh, I'll be saying something wild. That's uh, yeah. It's just stank breath's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting that answer. I I figured it, it's that was probably like going to be like a, I wasn't going to answer it. Oh, a dead person, dude. Dead people. 
Like that's some of the wildest things. Like a lot of people I don't think see dead people. Right. Or they see dead people, but in a casket, it's all nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's clean. Yeah. I, like dead people still, I think it's a, man, this is going to come out funny. Not funny. It's going to be like, like, this guy's crazy. You are crazy, so. Dead people to me is like a thing that like reminds me that we're not just skin, bones, and organs. You know what I mean? Like we have a soul. Like human beings have a soul. When you see a dead person, like they're, they're not, like that's not the real them. Right. It's, it's like a shell. It's a shell, yeah. Yeah. So like, so anyway, so like, I mean, dude, I've seen, I mean, everyone. If you're a cop, you've seen dead people. Right. Hopefully, I mean, if you're now, did that ever bother you seeing dead people? No. The, there was a. <laughs> I shouldn't tell this story. There, <laughs> my first death scene. I was in training. I don't know if I can. Uh, what What do I care? I didn't say it. So I, I'm in training. I'm learning how to be a police officer, and we go to a death scene. Dude's laying in a on a couch, dead as can be. There's no, no, an old guy. There's no, nothing suspicious. The door's locked. N- no big deal. The training officer goes, hey, uh, while we're waiting for the corner, you want to put two rounds in this guy and see if we can make it a little, little, little tricky for him? And I go, and he goes, I'm just kidding. Like, it was, t- he was just messing with me. Like, I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is the craziest thing ever. He wasn't actually going to do it, but like, right. it's just super funny. Like, but, but that's like, like that's so dark yeah. humor. Like, and, Dude, people are going to think certain things oh, about me now. You probably just triggered like a couple hundred people. Oh. Now I'm worried. I might Whatever, cut man. that out. Don't cut it out. <laughs> but no, those are the types of things like we oh. joke about. You go, you go, yeah, and you see stuff like that, and you're like, but like, how else are you going to deal with that? You're seeing like dead bodies. You're seeing like, like when when someone's dead and they've been there a while, they bloat generally right so they get super bloated and like you should bring a, like a uh one of the, like a corner people on there and talk about like dead people like oh it's, yeah like when you pick somebody up to put them in a bag like you can be as respectful as you want they might pop right and when they pop like stuff's going everywhere and the smell is hitting you in the face so like i don't I mean there's nothing you can there's I don't, I don't know another way. I mean, I, I could cry myself to sleep every night, I guess. Maybe that's the appropriate <laughs> thing to do. Um, and I'm not trying to make light of people dying, but like, like that's part of who, like we're, we're going to die. Right. You're going to be dying. Yeah. Like we're in this, like we live in this world now where like, like safety is our like, like we have to be comfortable. We have to be safe. Right. And like the, the, the risk taking is gone. And that doesn't mean anything about dying, but like people die. Right. I guess that's what I'm saying. It's part of people life. Die, people die and then people. And we've shielded ourselves from it for so long that like, it's like a thing to talk about. Now. Right. Like you don't talk about the, the, the grossness of death. I mean, death is gross. Oh yeah. It's, it's disgusting. It's like gross. crazy things happen to your body. You lose control of, you know, I saw a dude, I went to a death scene when I was pretty new in CID. I was called in. I think it was a Sunday. Um, this you're definitely gonna have to cut out. Um, I go to the scene and in the I walk into this apartment and there's lights 
go, like disco lights going in this apartment, disco lights and electronic music. Like, I don't know how to techno, techno okay. music. Yeah. You know, just crazy music. I look in the room. It's a bedroom. I look, there's a dude on all fours naked. His butthole is literally dangling. Like, cause he was involved in sexual activity and he died while he was engaged in sexual activity. His, like it was hanging, which I don't know how that happens, but he literally <laughs> is hanging. It was one of the grossest things I've ever seen right, in my life. Right. Um, and there was like some, uh, some type of drugs like on the bed that he was snorting. So like he overdosed or whatever. Right. And it, it was disgusting. I mean, yeah, the, the music, the yeah. disco lights, like I literally cannot get it out of my head. Well, <laughs> like if I think about it, it's there. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and would you ask I, me what I, what was the worst smell I had? Yeah. And we got yeah. onto this talking about death and, but you, you, like you said, you can't like cops at a death scene. If you want, to, uh, if you want somber people at your death scene, don't invite the cops because they they use humor to be able to lighten the tension of the moment. Because you have you have family members that are upset. You so you're not talking about at the up. scene, like because cops are usually pretty good about like yeah 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 showing I'm, sympathy or empathy or yes uh, yes sympathy empathy to the people. But I'm saying privately, like oh, privately, yeah, yeah. like don't you don't want people to hear your conversations privately because you're probably making jokes about stuff you shouldn't be making jokes yeah. about. Just just in order to deal with it because you're dealing with crying relatives, you're dealing with people who are people who are upset. This is a loved one and it's not that you don't care about the family or you don't care about that person, but privately like you kind of crack jokes about it. Like I, re I remember being at a death scene and I went in and like I said, your, your body, you lose control of your bodily functions. And this lady, uh, I guess was by herself in the midst of dying. And as she was dying, she like crapped like all over this apartment. Like there was, there was feces on the wall, on the floor, like everywhere like she as she died she was like i guess dragging herself around the floor mm. had her hands on like in the midst of death she lost control of her you know body but there was no one there to help her and so she was probably yeah, yeah. so i remember going in that apartment and it first of all it stank like feces like right human excrement you have a woman dead there and i was in this apartment by myself for like an hour or two waiting for the coroner to get there and i remember i entertained myself because there was a lot of bugs in the apartment there was a picture hanging on the wall and for like i don't know how long i would hit the picture watch the the bugs scatter from behind the picture and then go behind the picture. and this like amused me for like yeah a while right i was like oh and bugs, bugs out bugs, bugs back out. in behind the picture and you know you tell someone that's st a story like that and they're like, you're, uh, there's something wrong with you, but I, you know, what yeah. are you going to do? What are you going to do? In reality, I don't look at dead people. It's not, that's not who they are. That's not their, that's not right. their personhood. No longer are they human. Dude, I watched TV with a dead person one time. Really? Yeah. Uh, one of the first death scenes I was on. Did was they change the guy. channel? No, they didn't. That would have freaked me out. But <laughs> no, like, uh, there was, there was an old guy. His wife died. She passed away while they were watching 
Jeopardy or I forget the show they were watching. Um, so he thought she was asleep. Yeah. She's like, hey, you know, Jeopardy's on your favorite show. She didn't wake up. He she's goes dead. to her check on her. She's dead. Yeah. So we have, she's still there in this chair, dead. Family, like sons, daughters, whatever. They're over in the kitchen. They're upset. They're crying. My, my guy, the husband, is sitting in the chair beside his dead wife. He's still watching his show. And somehow in this scene, I ended up on the couch on the other side of the dead wife, watching the show with him and keeping him company. Hmm. It was surreal because I'm like, there is a dead woman sitting right here beside me in a chair and their husband, who's just pretending like everything's okay. Me with him pretending like everything's normal. Right. Family in the kitchen crying. Do you think he knew what was going on or he was? I think he just was like, he knew like she's old and this is life. Yeah. I, do I think he was trying to shut it out? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but man, I wonder how much of this dead stuff, dead person stuff I'm going to have to cut out. It might be patron only stuff. I might have to throw this in a patron only episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, but we can keep some of it. All right. So, all right. What else are we going to do here? Most scared you've ever been on the job. And you can't say, I was never scared. Um, I think I talked about this the first episode. Uh, it was Super Bowl Sunday, vehicle accident. Um, I, don't, I don't know that you talked about this. Really? All right. Because I'm not recalling this story. So I was, at, I was getting something to drink at a gas station. And I was getting back in my car by myself. It was a Super Bowl Sunday. Should have, so it had to be probably 2000. A lot of stuff happened to me in 2004 for some reason. 2004, 2005, right before I went to the drug unit. I, I go to this, this, this place to get something to drink. I get something to drink. I'm getting back in my car. And I literally see this car come flying past me on like a, a road that's like 25 miles an hour. And I think they're probably going 75, 80. All I saw was dust, like road dust. It was so Super Bowl Sunday. So there was like, you know how they always salt the roads and right. it's just real dirty during the yeah. winter. So I remember just seeing dust fly up and I get in my car, I start driving and I call it out saying, hey, I got a, a vehicle going, I think I said like 70, 80 miles an hour or something like that um, down this, this road into the city, like getting into the city um, up, by, up by college. So... I'm, I'm now I'm trying to catch up to the car. I think I was able to hit my lights on, but he he's like probably half a mile from me, quarter of a mile from me. And um, I see another cruiser come toward me and they flip around behind me. And next thing I, I see is a, is a, uh, a fireball. Um, a fireball and then a few seconds later an explosion. So I don't know if I called it out or not. It was pretty obvious that something really bad just happened. <laughs> And uh, I pull up to this, uh, this accident, active fire. Um, I didn't know how many cars were involved. It was at like a five-way intersection. So it was a real weird intersection. Um, there was a van uh, into the back. It looked like into the back of a car. So it looked like it had hit a parked car. That's what it looked like to me. Come to find out, it hit a car head-on probably 150 feet before the intersection. 
and basically hit it head on and pushed it like past it and it ran into it and then it stopped into into this parked car. Mm-hmm. So guys start arriving um, and like some newer officers start like opening doors to try to see like what's happening. And there's a fire in the car in front of the, the, the look like the main car and the fire starts creeping up the, uh, the front of the car, like the, the hood of the car from, from a car that's, that it hit in front of it. <clears throat> the fire is raging like one or two cars in front of it, which is the car they hit head on. It goes into like a building and glass starts shattering so I can still hear like those exp- like like that right like, as it's exploding um, from like the heat or whatever, and officers are like pulling uh, doors open of this this van, and there's a dude that's dead, obviously dead, um, with his feet up underneath. His feet are in the front, like where the driver would be, but his whole body is in the back of like the the back of the van. So he's pinched by his feet, and he's laying like between the front two seats, but like in the back. Holy cow. Um, he's obviously dead. A newer officer starts grabbing him, trying to tug him. And I'm like, he's dead. Leave him. There's a girl in the front seat, a young girl in the front seat. And uh, the fire's creeping up and it's coming up fast. So people like citizens start coming out and handing um, fire extinguishers to us. And we're, we're waiting on the fire department to show up. And uh, so we start hitting, <clears throat> trying to stop the fire from coming up. And, uh, I, funny part of the story, somebody's standing right in front of me and I, I take the fire extinguisher and I try to pull the pin while well, I pull the pin with my thumbs on the, I mean, I'm, I'm peaked at this, like right. a lot of stuff's going on. Um, I'm used to dealing with drug work, not like vehicle accidents and like dealing with this stuff. So I, I pull the pin and I hit the thing at the same time. I literally spray my buddy right in the back, um, with this, uh, with, fire retardant stuff or whatever it is right. so it covers him like he's covered in this like white stuff <laughs> I'm like oh my goodness what is happening so we're trying to get this girl out and we, we we never get her out um she dies he dies he killed two people uh that he hit head on um they looked like um mummies once the fire was out they looked like mummies so f- four people died I total? I think there was four total, yeah. Man, I don't even... This don't little even. girl, she was like a 10-year-old. I think she was 10, maybe. It was good to hear later on that the doctor said she had so much internal injury that even though she looked alive to you guys, she was alive but dead. Like, as soon as the pressure was released off of her, like, body mm-hmm. from being inside the car, she was in the pass- front passenger seat. Um, as soon as they released the pressure, she bled out. She died instantly. She's like... They, they basically said if, if the the greatest trauma bay in the world was right beside that van. She would have died as soon as, as soon as they released her, she was dead. And was that just helpful for you because of, because we couldn't say get her, we out. couldn't get her out. Yeah. 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 Uh, we did get the fire out. So it didn't like engulf her while she was alive. So that was pretty exciting looking back. Like, thankfully that didn't happen. Right. Um, I think I was pretty scared. I'm not sure why I was scared. Like, but when I think about, like the fire was coming, there was explosions, uh, what was going to explode next, right. those kind of things. I mean, yeah. the fire, the, the plume of fire, I mean, uh, cops always exaggerate when they tell stories, but it reminded me of when I was in the military and we would set off like like C4 and stuff, like giant explosions, like huge pumes of, pumes, is that the right word? Pumes, yeah. Pumes of uh, fire and smoke. 
and like that mushroom cloud type thing. Like that's right. what it looked like to me. And it just, so that was, that's pretty scary. Why was he driving so fast? He was high on, um, I don't know, Coke and Coke and something else. And was this his daughter in the car? I think it was his daughter or stepdaughter or something. So he was drunk, Just, high, and now drove like did an you idiot. did you face any issues with um, turning your lights on and stuff? Yeah, uh, it was questioned. I was. They determined that I was nowhere near. He never would have saw my lights. Okay, probably a good thing. Although back, yeah, I mean, back then, probably they probably would have just been like, you know, you were just trying to do what you were supposed to do. Yeah, like I mean, I never even like I didn't see him from the like I saw him pass with the smoke, like the dust from the road, and then I didn't see him again until, like, I, I just didn't see the car. He was going so that fast. It's incredible. Yeah, I think they estimated the speeds at at when he collided at like seventy five eighty, and he probably slowed down. I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you, when he came up to that intersection, he probably slowed down. So the, the other two people that he killed, I think they were coming, they were coming in from work. They were working a shift at the hospital, I think. Jeez. Terrible. I do kind of, I do kind of remember that. Yeah. Um, that's pretty crazy. I think yeah. I was scared for the guys that were there. Cause like, I wasn't like a senior guy, but like I had been there for a while. So like, but there was much younger guys there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That was pretty scary. Yeah. Now, was that the, I guess that really technically, that wasn't a pursuit. You were just obviously just trying to stop a car at that point. Mm -hmm. um, what's the what's the craziest pursuit you've ever been in? The one you almost killed me in? Is that the one you want to bring up? You want to talk <laughs> I, about I that? Knew, I, knew, I knew you were going to say that. I didn't do a whole lot of pursuits. Um, I wasn't a big pursuit guy. I think because I spent a lot of my time in... Uh, on bikes. Like I, I was a bike guy for a long time. Like not a long time, but a lot, a lot. Of Maybe that's time. why you were so bothered by the pursuit you were involved in with me. Uh, or yeah, I think I probably, it's probably worse in my mind. It is. Than what I recall. But like, I remember being really angry with you. I think that's the angriest you've ever been with me. Yeah. I think I, was it when I first had kids too? When I first had a kid? Well, you had kids. I didn't. I was, you know. That's another good point. You were the most, I think when you told me that you were getting married, I said, your life is about to be rock because you're the most selfish person I've ever met in my you life. You did. You said that to I me. I think we had this and conversation. I don't know why you said that to me because I don't think I was that selfish. You literally lived. I mean, we're all selfish. Yeah, Let's yeah, just yeah. face We're all selfish. But, but like you live for, like it was all about you. Everything was about you. I like you're holding your me. arms up and like shrugging your shoulders as if like <laughs> it was just me. Like, right, it's you. Course, yeah, I, right. I, That's why. I, and you were older, not older, but like you, yeah, I was like 30, 31 yeah. when I got married. So I remember telling you like your life's about to get changed, and like you have to change because you can't be a selfish person when you're married. Uh, but and anyway, this all so, started with the pursuit. You were mad at me at the pursuit because you was, felt I, like I put your life in danger. I felt like and it was I was dangerous. in complete control. Sure you were. Sure. I was. I'm glad to hear that, that. I think it was probably because I was a passenger and yes. not a driver. If I'm exactly. a driver, I don't care because I feel like I have control. Right. But when you're the passenger and, and if you're someone like me, you want to have control. And when that control is taken from you and the or only you don't thing, have it. 
you controlled in that entire pursuit was the radio. That's the only thing you controlled. And I did a great job with the radio. You did a great job, even though I, you know. It was very difficult, too, because we were going down wrong way streets. No, we didn't. Uh, maybe a little bit. The, at we the drove backwards <laughs> from the very beginning. <laughs> no, we 400 feet to an intersection that's like four, four places. No, no, no. We didn't. The suspect did. No, we went nose to nose with the suspect. We turned we? and went west on an eastbound street. That's true. For about we did that. three blocks. Oh, yeah, because they drove. Yes. They were in reverse all the <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's right. I forget. Yeah. But that car vanished at the end. Yeah. Well, I wasn't real scared. I think I was just mad at the end. I don't know that I was were... scared. I, th- I think I was like, like, whoa, 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 ev- at every stop sign that I felt that you didn't stop at, which you, you probably did. Maybe you did. I don't remember you stopping any stop signs. So th- this is what happened. You got to break this down. Because I need to stand up for myself here. All right, man. You break it down. We, we, we go to stop this car that's double parked in a high drug, high crime area. It's double, double parked in the wrong lane, right? Yeah. So we go. Very suspicious. Yeah. It, hey, newsflash. Gr- you can't do whatever you want when you're in a car. <laughs> I know we're not allowed to enforce traffic laws anymore, but... So we go, we go nose to nose, we're in an unmarked car and they, yeah, they, they backed up the street through a parking lot and then backed in reverse, like three blocks the wrong way on another street to a one way single lane road. Yeah. And then we went down through there. And we stayed on that road till the end. This was nighttime. So I, I was looking for headlights and intersections. That was my rule. And how fast were we going? Probably 75 or 80 through, through like one, one way street, two, two cars, three cars parked on both sides, major thoroughfares through the city. Yeah. But I was looking for headlights and our, our windshield started fogging up 70 miles an hour (laughs) looking for headlights. (laughs) I think I had every reason to be angry. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is the way it ended because that yeah. car went, it, it hit a T intersection. It went across the intersection, threaded itself between two parked cars, and then slammed into a giant oak tree. Like one of the biggest oak trees I've ever seen in my life. And this, the guy driving or whoever was in that car, like literally vanished. Do you think like he vaporized? Ghosts. Did he vaporize? Like ghosts. Yeah. It was wild. I don't know how I, it happened. I can't believe he didn't hit those two cars that he went, that he threaded, like you said, threaded. Like he, li- he didn't hit the cars. No. And, and he, he was moving very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that was, yeah. And then he vanished. And Gary was very upset with me. You were, you were cursing at me? Was I? Yes. You were very upset. You I, said, you said, don't you ever blankety blank drive like that again when I'm in the car? I have kids. <laughs> such a it's a weak thing to say i'm like okay yeah actually i probably i don't i don't i probably laughed at you or something probably that's probably more like it yeah but it was it was, that a was good fun time. it was a good time i mean we i would never it. do that again and if that like i wouldn't let that happen again i would would you with someone fleeing from you come on gary for double parking Okay, he wasn't fleeing because he double parked. That's not why he's fleeing. So that was your initial reason. 
to stop the car. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, now now it would never fly. Right, that's what I'm saying. Now, no, you can't now, do that. Now, now yeah, like, yeah. That. now, like, it would be like, this is what I would do on that call right now. I would say, because uh, for the very first part of that pursuit, you can't even get a plate because the car is your nose to nose with the car right. that's fleeing from you. Um, so I would, I would, uh, I would try to get at least a little bit of time on that to get a plate and get the plate before you'd even call it out. Uh, no, before, like I would, I would ask the supervisor who was trying to call it off. Can we at least obtain the plate and get that? Yeah. Cause my thing on something like that is you don't know, like you might be chasing a homicide suspect and until you at least run the plate and get a little bit more information, you don't, you don't know. I mean, in our day and age, it doesn't matter if it's a traffic violation. Most departments, they're, they're not, they're not going to pursue. Here's a great example of that. There was, it was probably two o'clock in the morning working detectives. There was two, two man cars and we're driving around right before the end of our shift. A call comes out. Sounds like a stabbing victim. Um, and we're, we're not far. So we respond as detectives. The shift arrives. CID arrives kind of at the same time. And as we kind of like get out of our cars, a vehicle that's parked basically right in front of the address, like, does he hit, a, does he hit one of our cars? Almost hits one of our cars and takes off, speeds away. Pursuit to the death. We have zero. We don't even know there's a victim yet. So like there are reasons to pursue vehicles. The only way that we would have solved this, that's one of, one of the reasons we solved this, is because we chased that car. Right. We lost it, but we got a decent description of it because we chased it. And probably a plate too. I don't know that we got a plate then. Okay. We, we wound up getting a plate be doing, some other, doing some other things like video footage of the car earlier right um because it was parked there so like but without pursuing it like we we wouldn't have you know there are times to pursue but pursuits are scary now like i think about it i think the order i get maybe having kids like kids aren't good at staying on sidewalks I, like some things just aren't worth it to me to, yeah. to to hit a kid especially in a in a city environment that i work in um to have to to take that on, hitting a kid for pursuing a guy for a drug warrant, to me, it's not worth it. Uh, yeah. Even even a shooting suspect, like there are a lot of shooting suspects. Like it's it's a shooting, and in general, shooting victims are often criminals. Right. So, like, I want to find this the shooter because that's bad because he might shoot somebody innocent, and that does happen too. Um, but like, it's just not worth it to me. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, but once again, I it's think it's against we, policy, right? <laughs> and it's against policy. It is. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. It's just like, where do you draw the line then? Because once again, we are, we're, we are looking at risk assessment and we're deciding that letting a bad guy get away is, is worth the risk yeah. allowing that bad guy to get away and possibly do something else it's worth the risk to not 
or it's worth it to not put anyone else at risk. And maybe it is. And I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying it isn't. But where do you draw the line with that then? Like where where do you you know what happens if that person gets away and then they hurt someone? They else? jump at a school and they're a school shooter, right? Yeah, I mean, there's... like you know, and and the likelihood of that, yeah, okay, probably not not great, but um, but it it's just another thing that emboldens people, right? Hey, if I run, like honestly, right now is a great time to be a criminal in this country because if you run from the police, either on foot or in a car, you're you're probably, you're good to go. Like most likely you're not, no one's going to chase you. If you don't give your name, if you refuse to give your name, if you refuse to follow any type of verbal direction, golden. Because you're going to have 10 cameras there and you're going to be able to do whatever you want to do. And then as soon as the police do what they need to do, there's your, your, oh yeah, sure. You might get charged, but you're also going to win like a lawsuit. And you're going to at least walk away with like 12, 15 grand because they'll settle because every department settles. No one's going to fight that. That's all I'm saying. Like we've, we've, we've moved now to like, you know, Hey, just do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do. Criminal wins. Anyways. That's not true, Anthony. You know that. No. Well, and it's and it's not true forever. Maybe wins right now, but they'll uh, they'll have to they'll have to be at answering. So this is a good one. We're we're almost we're 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 shutting this down here shortly. You're almost done. Best you, outside. Are you done with me? Best outside the box decision you made to solve a problem. Outside the box decision. Do you have an example of something I've done? Uh, no, I I have nothing. I just figured you're like a very smart guy. You I'm a probably... guy that likes to stay in the box. No, 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 but you know what I mean. Like you, you had a problem. It could be like a problem with a suspect. It could be a community problem. It could be, you know, a uh, uh, problem house in your area. Like a best outside the box thing you did to to solve a problem. I don't know how to answer it. Got I nothing. I don't have anything. Well, that was one of my favorite things to do. It's not outside the box. This is what like sex crime detectives do. But like if my victim can describe a suspect's genitalia, I love getting a search warrant to take photographs of that specific area. That's like some of the best evidence you could ever have. It's phenomenal. And it's super embarrassing for the suspect. There's others I work with that are. That probably hate doing it. No, most everybody I work with likes to do it. <laughs> All the sex problems. crime detectives yeah, are like, we're well, a special breed. Here's though, the Anthony. thing. Like, yeah, we're a special breed. But a here's the thing too. People. That is like some of the best evidence you can have yeah. in a sex crime case. Because generally. If someone can describe the genitalia of their abuser or whatever. Yeah. I mean. And like, think about it. Most of these cases, it's. This person said this person right. doesn't say. That's literally what you have on most of these cases. Right. Sometimes you have other stuff, but like generally that's what you're dealing with. So you have to like you have to do different things to try to get the information you need so you can prosecute. First of all, that's just the first step. And then to win right. in trial. I mean, you have to 
let a jury believe that a father would abuse his daughter. Right. Like that's not easy because people don't want to believe that this stuff happens, especially when he's dressed up and looks pretty. Right. And when you're making a 10 year old say something and it doesn't make sense or she's not crying or he's not crying or they're not making any like things that you would expect this kid to be traumatized forever. And they're just telling their story of what happened to him. Right. So it's very, it's very difficult. So like that stuff's huge. I mean, right. got, I mean yeah, to do that stuff is, is, is a big deal. But that's not thinking outside the box, but it's one of the things I like to do. It's kind of thinking outside the box. I don't think any, most other people would not think about that uh, if they were. Yeah, not. Not like normal people. Non-sex crime detectives, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. All right, last question. What's, is it though? Is it really? I think so. All right. I mean, is there a question you wanted me to ask? No. Uh, do I'm you, here for you. Do you have a nickname on the job? That's one question I could ask you. I don't have a nickname. I think I've been G-Lo. called like Lolo, G-Lo. Would you rather be tased or pepper sprayed? Oh, tased. Okay. You? Uh, yeah, tased. Yeah, pepper spray is just nasty. Pepper spray. Terrible. I liked using pepper spray, though. Uh, I thought it was pretty effective. As long as it was used like in a, in a good... I wanted to control that though. If someone else used it, I would get mad at them. I'd yell. Right. Don't spray. Like, right. why did you spray? Like, we had this under control. Right. But if I sprayed, I'm like, oh, what? Of course, I sprayed. Like, God. Yeah, I, I, I used pepper spray. Yeah. I hated. I never the used stuff, a taser. Though. I don't have a taser. I, I still don't have a taser. I, I used. Taser. I used a taser a lot. Yeah. Probably. I've been tased and it hurts, but like, I was tased on the street one time. Like by, by cop. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. You never heard this story? I don't think so. You you never heard this story? No. All right, so go to this house. I'm not going to get into the call. Did you get mad? Oh, I was hot. Were you a supervisor? No, I was not a supervisor. Perfect. I was we we're in this house and and uh basically so basically this guy needed to go to the hospital per the ambulance crew. This is again, this was years ago. You couldn't do this anymore. So the police were called because this guy had seizures and the ambulance crew was basically saying he needs to go to the hospital. Like he needs to get medically checked. So they called the police to make him go to the hospital. You, you can't do this. Like, I don't see any supervisor saying, yeah, go ahead guys. Yeah. Go take care of that. No. This should have, this should have, like, you know, it, it should have never, a never good happened. change. A good change. A good that change. would be a good change. Yeah. Like, if someone doesn't want to go to the hospital um, and they're of apparently sound mind, yeah, and they aren't like unconscious or anything like that, like, that's their right. They yep. don't need to go to the hospital. If they end up dying an hour later, that's on them. It, it is, but you know, it would be on the police and the ambulance crew then, too. See, this is the thing that drives me crazy. All right, tell you your story. Can't, you can't force them to go to the hospital. But if they die later, then it's your fault if you didn't get them to go to the hospital. Right. Anyways, we go here. It was back when, you know, we did this sort of stuff for ambulance crews. So this guy didn't want to go to the hospital. Ambulance crew was saying he needs medical help. Like, we need to get him to the hospital. So this turns into a fight. We get into a fight. Really? In this house with this guy. Who has since overdosed and died mm. but he was a problem down in the area where i worked and uh i knew him by name i knew the house 
I knew his mom, like all this stuff. So he, he doesn't want to go. He's out of his mind. He's high, whatever. Um, so this ends with me mounting him on a couch <laughs> and, and I'm attempting to get him into custody. Yeah. There are, you know, yeah. Strikes are being thrown. Yeah, because, you're affecting the arrest. Yeah, I'm affecting yeah. the arrest. Like there's there's resisting arrest and and things like this. And I hear another officer yell, "Taser, taser, taser!" And I go, "No!" And as I say no, <laughs> he fires a taser, hits me in the hand with one prong, <laughs> hits <laughs> hits this guy with the other prong. So now me and you're connected. That guy are connected yeah. on the couch and we do the funky chicken for a full five <laughs> seconds on this nasty couch that stank and probably people had urinated on. It was disgusting. A five second ride, full five second ride. Ooh. And we get done. I get, I get done. I get done with my five second ride and I am furious. I am, I'm just beyond <laughs> upset that I just did a five second taser ride with this guy that we're trying to get to the hospital. And, uh, there was a, there was a medical, an EMT there or something, this like young gal. That was the first time I ever saw her on an ambulance call in the city. And the very last time I saw her, never saw her again, never saw her again. She, uh, she was cowering in the corner after this was all over because what happened is mom got upset mom getting up like the whole house exploded yeah like it was just like a free-for-all in the house like people are getting arrested crazy this girl like when, the, when this is all done she's like literally in the corner like shaking like a leaf like one of the ambulance crew members <laughs> I, I don't think i ever saw her ever again wow poor thing too much for her. too much for her. but yeah i can't believe you've never heard that story. i literally never heard that yeah i stayed to myself though you know that like I don't hear a whole lot of things. You, I try not to. Yeah. I don't know. You, I guess you were probably up in detectives by then. I don't know. But funniest thing you've ever seen or witnessed on the job. This is the last question. Funniest thing you've ever seen or witnessed on the job. So again, this is going to sound insensitive. Intoxicated women that pee in public cracks me up. It is literally like, it's like, like I'm just embarrassed for them. So I laugh. Like, Grown women, college age, old people, like it doesn't matter when they're drinking and they go and squat between two parked park cars in, in like a, a place where there was lots of police. Right. This is back in the day. I mean, I don't, I don't know how. It was back in the day. Police were out. Bar closings, there's police everywhere, right? Right. There's 25 of us, maybe 35 cops, like literally looking for the fights. Because fights were exploding all the time, right? And you just roll into the parking lots. You just hit your hit your flashlight, and there's some lady hiked up her skirt, and she's squatting between two cars, peeing. I, I it's super funny to me. Like that stuff makes me laugh. I don't know why. Because then you like look at me, like, are you are you are you okay? Are are you are you done? Like, do you feel better about yourself? Like, it's like there's a bathroom where you just left. Like, what are you doing? There was another one. There was a, a lady who was. Uh, she must have been high or something drunk. I don't know. In like high drug area, bar closing time, completely naked in the middle of a major intersection, squatting and peeing. And I literally was like, this is unbelievable. It's, it's, I think it's hilarious. I mean, it's, it's, it's literally hilarious, but like, it's super sad to think about like where, where a person is in their life to get to that place. But I remember we caught a guy 
doing the urination thing. You and outside I? Of bar- no, not yeah. you and I. Me and another officer. and Like literally right outside the bar in front of everyone. He just didn't care. He it just whips it out. Like, and I starts, think that's funny, but like starts urinating. So we we go we go to arrest him. Yeah, and uh, I have one arm. The other officer has the other arm, <laughs> and he turns to me. He's like, "Yo, Weaver, put that back in." I'm like, "No, I'm like, <laughs> put it back in." I'm like, "Let go of his arm and let him put his own junk back in his pants." That's I'm hilarious. not touching him. Do you remember when that lady we arrested for prostitution peed on you? Yes. That was pretty funny, too. <laughs> that was disgusting. Because I picked up that girl and uh, working prostitute. Oh, were you the you the, I was you the, the undercover. Okay. And uh, we pick up this girl. We go to the, the spot to like get her arrested. And you, you're like patting her down and she she peed on you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> first, she, she didn't want to get out of the car, remember? We, we went up to get her out of the car and she refused to get out of the car. And we, we also knew she had needles on her. And maybe she was even, I don't remember it. Maybe there was even a needle in her lap or something and she wasn't getting out of the car. And uh, like I, I grab her by the hair and like use it as leverage to get her up out of the car. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then I'm, you know, trying to handcuff her. So I'm like behind her. Right. And my leg, is, my leg is like behind her. Yeah. Like kind of in between her legs as I'm like trying right, to Right, because like, you're controlling her because she's right. not being like. Like I'm trying to get her in. And all of a sudden, I feel like this warm, like wetness <laughs> go down my leg, and that's pretty funny. It was that is one of the most disgusting thing. Like I threw my pant, I threw my uniform pants away. I I I took like the probably the longest shower I've ever took in my life. I I just could not get my. It's just co- urine, bro. You can drink it for the first twenty four hours Dude. of your survival situation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> This well, woman, she made a bet in her survival situation. This at that point woman in her life, was so yeah, pretty. That's pretty nasty, but that's funny. Like to me, that's funny. To you, it's not because it happened to you. But to right. me, watching it. No, I mean, looking back, it's kind it's of funny. funny. You know, it's like one of those stories you tell people, and you're like, "That's crazy." Yeah, but yeah, but but it is. I mean, it's also super end, it's sad. sad. Like if you think of it, not from like a. I don't know, man. If you, we're gonna get real. I'm gonna get real. If I. If be, we said this the last time, if, if I dwell on all the sadness that that I've seen in my life, like I would, be, I don't know what what would happen to me. So you can't dwell on it; you got to laugh at it, right? And I think that's I think that's a thing. Like we're expected to have unending empathy, and it's just yeah. not possible. And you can so, have empathy, and cops can have great empathy at the time, but afterwards, don't don't expect them to have empathy. Right. Like let them vent, or they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna wind up making really terrible right. choices in their life. That's that's what that's all I'm saying. Right. We'll have empathy and we'll be super professional. Most cops, most cops yeah. will do that. Yeah. Um, but you got to give them some, you got to give them some reins when they're not engaged but, with something that they. But again, that, that is becoming, you're not allowed to. Like, yeah. Like this. I mean, who knows what happens with. Yeah. Who knows? I when I, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I put this out and people lose their minds. Who knows? I don't know. I'm I don't think so. It. Um, yeah, right. You say that now. Tomorrow you'll call me. You're like, oh, you, you know, hey, hey, we were, maybe I remember you should, I said something about that dead yeah, guy. I took a, I said something about that dead guy and, you know. I said he popped or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe like, maybe just pull that whole section right out of there. Um, I but no, like you. I'm not worried a, about it. Here's the thing. Like we joke about sad things. Yeah. It's how we, how we uh, operate. Right or wrong. 
I long I for know. the day when there are no more sad things. Me too. I was I was reading about the Delta variant today. I was like, Lord Jesus, just come back. Don't wear me. Let me wear a mask again, please. Yeah. It's crazy. But I'm not going to get you talking about COVID. You're not? They, no. Cops can't talk about anything. Actually, you did. You just talked about a whole bunch of stuff. I think you're fine. So, all right. You got anything else? I got nothing else. Do you? We saved a story. You know that, right? <clears throat> That's What's exciting. Story? We can't say it here. We're going to save a story. Okay. If... I don't if, really know what's going on. If your people still like me, we can bring up this one more story. They're going to like you. you you're you're uh, episode two. You were my very first guest. Yeah. Um, episode two, my very first law enforcement guest. And uh, it was a very popular show. So I'm pretty sure this is going to be uh, liked a lot. Well, we'll see. So if I didn't do well, I'll be sad. So maybe I should just don't tell me. Uh Okay. I won't tell you. Actually, just tell me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You got anything else? I feel like you you have something else on your mind. I feel like we we ended real abruptly here. Well, I asked you a funny question at the end. And And we talked about uh, people peeing. A prostitute uh, urinating on my leg. Which is super funny. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't happen to everybody, you know? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't happen to everybody. Another funny. No, that's good. You did great. You did great. So thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for coming back on. I'm, I hope I'm, you get more uh, Patreon supporters. Um, it's not Patreon. It's just pa- I'm. It's not Patreon. What is it? Just patron. It's, it's part of Podbean. It's part Isn't of my it host. E-O-N? Patreon? There is a Patreon, but I'm not on Patreon. Well, I'm telling your people to go somewhere other than they shouldn't be yeah. going. If, if you want to become a patron, go to Diakonos ACC dot podbean.com that's where you need to go because i it's if you go to patreon you will not find me that's super smooth you're really getting good at this keep keep kicking up the dust yeah in pursuit keep, of this podcast and all of your goals this i should just have you uh you on to close the show's show for me no it's I, super I, smooth yeah Exactly. You cleaned up my mess. And basically what I'm going to do right now is at, at the end of this show, I'm just going to start playing music and gradually fade you and me out because we just keep jabbering about nothingness. <laughs> Which we basically did the entire time. I know. I can't believe people listen to this stuff. And you got to put some air on in your studio. It's, oh, it's getting it's, hot it's down here. It's pretty humid down here. Well, here's the thing. We're in the basement. That's, that's a dehumidifier there. Yeah, but that'll cool it down, won't it? It yeah, takes but, the humidity out of the air. Yeah, but, but it's it'd be so super loud. loud. Yeah. Like it'd sound like a helicopter landing in <laughs> our entire episode. Yeah, it gets it, this time of the summer. It starts getting a little warm down. Yeah, here. I want to tell everybody about our, our epic battle over the analogy bottle. Oh, is that the story you wanted I'll, to? I want to tell that story sometime next time. Okay. Yeah. We now, Nalgene bottle story next time. Gary's on. All right. That'd be super funny. Thanks for coming on, Gary. And I'll have you on again. Thanks. If Andy. you're not canceled, you might be canceled after the show. Yeah, thanks. She's got me fired. <laughs> Once again, I want to thank Gary for coming on this episode. But now, you know what this music means. To the dude. Cue the dip. 
stands for kicking up the dust in pursuit and every week i pick a winner who uh, is a law enforcement officer and who's really gotten after it with a great arrest or just some excellent police work uh, that i decide is a cue the dip winner like activity so this week the cue the dip winner is tucson police officer danny leon uh, for getting after it this guy really got after it this happened on sunday july 18th uh, an absolute chaos style of a call uh, which was basically a mass shooting incident that i believe to date has left two people dead and others wounded so here's how it played out um, the initial call was about a house fire at four around 4 p.m uh, that was later determined to have been set by the suspect himself uh, and from this house fire later after it was put out a deceased person was recovered uh, from that house uh, a few minutes later a few minutes after they got this house fire call the suspect shot two EMTs who were on an unrelated medical call about a mile away from the set fire the suspect shot one of the EMTs in the head and the other one in the chest and arm meanwhile the fire department responding responded to the house fire uh, the suspect after shooting the EMTs returns to the house fire and opens fire on fire department personnel and neighbors uh, killing a neighbor and hitting a fire captain and then grazing a second neighbor the suspect then flees and this is where officer Danny Leon crosses paths with him I want to point out, uh, I want to point out a couple things um, about officer Leon First of all, he's responding to these scenes at emergency speeds. Uh, you can't gloss over that. Anyone can critique the police. It literally takes no courage these days to critique the police. In fact, in our day and age, it takes more courage to support the police. Uh, what takes unbelievable amounts of fortitude and courage by Officer Leon is to go to this scene, emergency, emergency speeds. So not just going, but going quickly. And then not just going quickly, but to go with a mindset to intervene. And you'll see why I can say that. And not just a mindset to intervene, but to survive and win whatever the encounter holds. Again, I'll lay that out for you. Uh, because here's what happened. As he's responding, the suspect rams him. And here's why I believe Officer Leon had a great mindset and was ready to go in this instant. If you watch his body cam video, it appears that after he is rammed, he has the presence of mind to hit his radio emergency button so that he can take control of the radio airwaves. So basically what happens, it sounds like there's a lot of radio traffic, a lot of other officers talking, and on um, many radios now, there's an emergency button that as officer hits it, he's given a full like 5 seconds, 10 seconds, 7 seconds, however long uh, that radio company has or, or dispatch has allowed where he cuts off everyone else who's talking and he gets to speak. Um, it, it's an emergency button, it's for that reason. So he has the presence of mind to hit that button and he lets other officers know that he was just rammed and the intersection location where he was struck. Um, and it wasn't a light tap, though it's hard to tell in the video, it appears that Officer Leon is rammed hard enough for his cruiser to, to literally spin. Um, so not only did the suspect ram him, but then he begins shooting at Officer Leon after he rams him. Officer Leon uh, gets out of his car, and um, so he hits his emergency button, 
He then uh, exits his car after giving out his location um, clearly without screaming, and he engages the suspect, gravely wounding him and stopping him. And this wasn't close quarter combat type thing either. This was um, a, a pretty far distance. After the suspect rammed him, it looked like he ended up quite a ways away from Officer Leanne and across what appears to be a parking lot area. So this wasn't a close quarter type engagement. Um, and Officer Leon put some accurate shots down range and, and stopped this uh, shooting suspect. This isn't easy. Think about a time when you were involved in a car accident and how shaken you were, how muddled your thinking may have been, or how disoriented you were. Officer Leon was purposefully rammed and spun out of control, and yet he had the presence of mind to do all those things I just stated above. I, I just, I can't express this point enough. Many want to decry police training and say it focuses too much on using force and not enough on de-escalation or whatever you want to fill the blank in with. I can tell you that Officer Leon was using every bit of training he got and was also tapping into a mindset that he had worked on in order to survive that. You don't just go out into your jurisdiction and put something like that together. You don't. You cannot do that just off the cuff. You have to train for it, and you have to be thinking about what you're going to do uh, when something really bad happens and when you're in the worst situations. Those that cry about the police training and how it focuses too much on use of force or hand-to-hand tactics or shooting or threat assessment never realize that those skills are lost very quickly. If you don't practice them and work on them, you lose them very quickly. You can send officers to social media trainings, you can send them to de-escalation trainings, you can send them to community interaction trainings, and all of those are needed, but they mean jack in a situation like this. And I salute Officer Danny Leon for being the cue to dip winner for this episode. Lastly, during this episode, Gary and I touched on how we have souls. Upon death, our bodies rot and deteriorate, but our souls are eternal. I also lamented during this episode that criminals appear to be winning right now. So how are these two things related? Well, our souls are eternal, spending eternity in either hell or heaven. Matthew 25, 46 says, these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Those criminals who appear to be winning right now have souls, and two things will happen. Either they will have a moment on this side of heaven where they repent and place their faith in Christ alone, receiving the gift of eternal life with their Heavenly Father, or they will continue to deny Him and face eternity in hell. That is the option for all of us, and by God's grace, I hope I will see you in heaven. It may sound crazy to talk of heaven and hell, at real places. But the Bible is clear. Here's just one passage about heaven. Revelations 21, starting in verse 1, says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. This is John speaking. He was talking about, he was given a vision of of what heaven was going to be like. Um, And it goes on to to say uh, in this passage, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, 
and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So we can get from that passage, he's describing heaven. The opposite of that would be hell. And here's just a couple passages about hell. Matthew 10, 28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And Revelation 20, 15 says, And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. By faith, I believe these things. Do I ever doubt him? Sure. I'd be a fool to say I've never doubted uh, these things that I speak about my faith. In fact, there are many times where I will pray and ask God to help me believe. In Mark 9, there's a story of a man who has a son that is possessed with an evil spirit that slams this boy, the son, onto the ground and makes him mute. And the father brings the son to Jesus and says, If you can, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus replies to him, and in Mark 9, 23 to 24, we hear and see what Jesus says. But Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe, help my unbelief. That's me sometimes. I believe, help my unbelief. Gary and I sat down and we shared stories, some of them disturbing. I expressed disgust over certain ways our culture is deteriorating and showing resentment and disrespect for the police while giving a pass to lawbreakers. But regardless of the here and now, God's already won, and one day we will all need to give an account to him. It's a thought that should sober all of us to think deeply about what we believe. We should not treat it lightly or flippantly. It's the reason I speak about these things. And I'll say this. You may think I'm crazy uh, and wonder how can he believe that or put his faith in Jesus, but ultimately we all put our faith in something. I put my faith in the one who saves. You may put your faith in something else or someone else. Both require a level of faith. Let's just pretend I am crazy and that I get to the end of my life and I find that neither heaven nor hell exist. Well then, I've really lost nothing. But if you believe I'm crazy, and that I'm speaking like a fool, and when you get to the end of your life, you find that heaven and hell exist, well then, you've lost everything. Faced with an eternity apart from God, and in complete pain and suffering. Something I would not wish for you. I, for one, will be kicking up the dust in pursuit of God. I will kick up the dust in pursuit of supporting those in law enforcement, who are placed and established in their position by God. What are you going to kick up dust in pursuit of? I hope that it has eternal value.